There we go. At least one. Good morning. All right. God woke you up this morning, right? Started us on our way. Uh, because of him, we got blood running warm in our body, clothes on our back, a reasonable portion of health and strength. Like, we should be ready to praise God. Amen. Amen. The word says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Amen. Make a joyful noise. Amen. There we go. Amen. See, I know if we don't cry out, the, the word says the rocks will cry out. And I used to live in California in earthquakes. And if rocks sound anything like that, I don't want them to cry out. So make sure you're crying out and participating as we serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. Amen. This morning we're praising together. We're worshiping together and showing others what it looks like to be like Jesus. And so we're grateful that we've been able to come together to, to, to step outside the walls of our churches and show that the church is the body of gathered believers under the headship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's what brings us together and that's what matters most. And so we're so grateful you came today. I'm Pastor Nate. Uh, from New Hope Baptist Church, for those who don't know me. Um, can we give it up for the praise team? Woo! Amen. What a blessing it is to, to be able to come together to sing praises and to worship God, knowing that he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Uh, as we get ready to kick things off, as we get ready to, to move it up just a little bit higher, what we want to do first is participate in giving. Uh, one of our churches is, is one that is standing in need, and so we decided we will step in and help out with the need. And so we're going to take up an offering today for Superior Baptist Church, who's in the living ghost town. That's what it's known for. That's what it's called. It's the living ghost town. They have some railings that are falling apart outside of their building. That's a safety concern. they got some other things that they could use some help. And so I would just ask you to give cheerfully, but whatever God puts on your heart. Uh, we joked and said, I got a million dollars to raise and that I just won't leave until we get it. Uh, but we don't need a million. We just need God to give. And if, if I get tired of talking, there's another pastor over there and another one and another one. And we know how to talk. Amen. <laughs> but if God has touched your heart, we have a basket up front that you can give. And I'm, I'm going to kick it off with giving myself and just ask that you would just give as God's put purposes on your heart. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Most dear and precious, wonderful Father, merciful, loving Father, Lord, we come before you, thanking you, Father God, for an opportunity to gather together in the park, Father God, Lord, in Sweetwater County, Father God, in the midst of Wyoming, Lord, when you knew that we would come here together, Father God, gathered in your name. And so, Lord, we pray that you would turn away our hearts and our minds from any distractions from the past month. Maybe the past year, the past week, and even maybe the past hour, Lord, that we would turn our focus to you. That as we've set this, side, this time aside, Lord, that you would speak to and through us, Father God. Lord, there's those who don't know you, Father God, Lord, and this world looks so dark and meek in times. But, Lord, you've called us to be the salt and the light, to share the gospel, the good news everywhere that we go. And so, Lord, we pray, Father God, Lord, for those who don't know you, Lord, that you would light us up, Father God, that we could light up our community. That, Lord, it wouldn't matter what dark is or, or how dark it is because we should all know that the light shines brightest in the darkest hour. That's right. And so, Lord, help us to shine bright, to put aside our differences and to come together under your precious son, Jesus Christ. Lord, that we would serve on the battlefield until you call us out of this place. That, Lord, all that we do would bring you honor, glory, and praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you feel like giving and want to come up, don't be shy. You can come right up front and drop it in. It won't hurt anybody's feelings. Amen. 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 Invite him to sing. 
and, and make sure y'all sing along. It's not a concert. It's a worship. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
Folks, let's give them a hand clap of praise and the Lord too. Well, I look a little different than last year. You probably remember me being a little overdressed with a black coat, suit, all that stuff, and a collar to boot. Oh, and I grew whiskers. It hides a little bit of the ugly. I don't know that it helps any, but it gets there. But we bring you greetings from Abundant Grace Ministries, formerly the Methodist Church in Rock Springs. Greetings in the name of our Lord, Savior, Jesus, our Christ. Well, I get the pleasure of introducing the first preacher. Oh, Nate, that means I'm the second preacher. I'm fresh. I've got at least an hour. Let's see how we're doing on this offering over here. <laughs> we'll be nice. Just keep giving. There's some more pastors coming right after me. But it is my pleasure this morning to introduce the first preacher of the morning, my brother in Christ, my brother in ministry, Sean Johnston. I saw him somewhere. He may go hide after I say this. Sean is at the Green River Assembly of God, and he's one of our younger serving pastors in our community, having moved there in December of 21. So uh, he's relatively new, and, uh, but he's not new to ministry. 30 years of ministry, well, actually more, yeah, 30 years, 94 is when he kind of kicked things off, and Sean has been dating his girlfriend for 30 years. Yeah, and he's been married for 29. He has two kids, one 21 and 27, and uh, they don't live in town, but, uh, you know, Kids are never far from our hearts, are they? They're always right there. He likes shooting, fits in in Wyoming, hunting, fishing, outdoor activities, and all those good things. And he's a volunteer firefighter. So I guess if the sermon gets hot, he's equipped to put it out, kind of keep things under control. He was a chaplain for the Canyon PD and now retired from that. He's also a chaplain at the Green River Fire Department. And you know, I'm not from Wyoming. You should know that by now. I'm from the southeast. And for some reason, Sean did not want me to tell you where he grew up. He grew up in Gillette. Is there something wrong with that? Not at all. I didn't think so. I've, I've been to Gillette. And, uh, but it is good to welcome him to share the message that God has laid on his heart this morning. We'd ask that you pray for him as he comes, that God would speak through him through the grace, mercy, and power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together. For Father, the church does not have walls. And Father, we need to remember that as we serve. The doors are open, and the word must go out. And Father, we are living in a time when the message of the death, burial, and Jesus Christ with the resurrection must be proclaimed to give hope, to give hope in the midst of wherever and whatever we are facing to change the hearts and lives 
And Father, we pray this morning for Sean as he comes to share your word. Anoint him afresh. Empower him in this time. By your grace and in your mercy, speak through your servant to us, your servants. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I used to tell everybody that Gillette was a really good place to be from and an awesome place to drive through. <laughs> if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all get one of these? Like Jesus. How many of you like Jesus? Like Jesus. If you were a child of the 80s, it's like Jesus, dude. Right? Right? Like Jesus. That's uh, kind of a, an unassuming title. And today, the theme is like Jesus. We want to talk about that a little bit. I like Jesus. How about you? I like Jesus. Ah. Yeah. That used to be kind of an anthem. All kinds of things, except it was I love Jesus. We want to talk about Jesus. And, and actually, the theme is being like Jesus. And so today, I want to talk about one just facet of being like Jesus. Because if we are to be Christians, actually, if we're to be Christians, we should be Christ-like right so if you're to be if you're to be a christian literally you should be christ like we should pattern our lives somehow after jesus amen and so we want to talk just a little bit like what it's like to be like jesus so uh, i want to i want to look at something that we don't oftentimes put together but in the book of john and if you have your scriptures you can open there we're going to look at uh, chapter 15, but in the book of John, there's a passage between John 13 and 17 that it, it kind of encapsulates the last night of Christ's ministry before his death. It's his last night on earth, so to speak, before his death, burial, and resurrection. So in effect, it's his last night on earth before everything kind of hit the proverbial fan and it's it starts in chapter 13 and it covers about five chapters and it's it's one of the longest passages that's devoted to just a singular happening of Christ's life and it covers it covers just about probably 12 hours of his life somewhere in there and he starts off just kind of with his disciples hanging out. And before I go much further, I better do this because I've got a timer set. And I don't want Michael to be mad at me. I love you, brother. All right, so Jesus starts out in chapter 13, and I'm docking myself three minutes already. Don't worry. All right? Okay. So Jesus starts out in chapter 13, and, but in chapter 15, this kind of encapsulates the whole 
thing. Chapter 15, verse 9, if you're there, you can read with me. And if you, if you subscribe to, um, if you have uh, um, the Bible app, the Version Bible app, this actually popped up this week. And, and it's a good passage, but in, in verse 9 it says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love, or remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you my servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, or in other words, lasting fruit that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. And then verse 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. It's a great passage. It's a passage that if you've been a Christian for a little while, you're probably familiar with, maybe not. But in this in this entire passage from 13 to 17, it's five chapters, and basically Jesus is saying, if you want to be like me, you should probably love. So I want to talk about loving like Jesus. And in verse 13, he starts off, if you look back there, he starts off with doing something weird. He washes his disciples' feet. He starts out with an act of service. If you want to show love, you probably should be a servant. You probably should be serving somebody else. You probably should serve each other. It's easy to serve people we like, but you probably should serve some folks you don't necessarily care for as well. He starts out with this act of service. And if you read through this entire portion of Scripture, verse 13 through 17, he talks about love in 18 separate verses, and he mentions the word love no fewer than 30 times. Love was a big part of Jesus' ministry, and it was a big part of his message on the last night before he died. And that tells me that it was probably an important thing in his ministry, and it was an important part of his message. If you want to be Christ-like, you better love. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Help him out. (laughs) Uh, That that was a song. It was a popular song. It's not a Christian song for those who... All right, if you're over the age of 40, you don't know that song. Never mind. Forget it. Anyway, so what is love? Love is not what we always think of love as. 
Love is not always this touchy-feely, tell people what they want to hear kind of thing. Jesus did not always tell people what they wanted to hear. Love is sometimes telling people what they need to hear. Telling the truth. Love is always truthful. In 1 Corinthians 13, I won't take the time to turn there, but it's the love chapter. And Paul gives us, the Apostle Paul gave us a wonderful picture of what love is. It's not self-serving. It's not selfish in any way. It's not something that we just... It, it's not, it doesn't keep a record of wrong, for instance. It doesn't do all of these things that modern love kind of does. Love is quite different from what we have come to believe love is. Love is a powerful thing. Love brings out the good in everybody as well as the good in, in us. As we share it, it makes things better. We need to love one another. And Jesus sums that up beautifully in just this passage. And that seems to be his main message. So he serves. Serving is a big part of his love. He, he puts his love in action, so to speak. And he makes it a verb. Again, a DC Talk song, Love is a Verb. Yeah. All kinds of music. Yeah. You know, that's when it hit me. Love is a verb. Greater love has no man than this, but that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said it right there. And then he went off and he modeled that, by the way. He didn't just say it, he did it. He modeled that for us. How many of you are willing to lay down? Well, let's start easy. I won't say your life. How many of you are willing to lay down your stuff for your friends? How many of you are willing to lay down your convenience, your time? You fill in the blank. It's a little inconvenient, but we've got to do it. That's what love is. We have to do it. Love is a powerful thing when it's done right. We need to, before we can show love to others, we need to receive love from Christ. And that seems to go without saying, you would think, but I'm not sure we quite get that. We have to really research what this love that Christ is talking about is. And so we need to understand it. If we're going to love like Jesus loved, we need to understand his love. And I don't know. I've been in ministry for 30 years, as you were told. And I've been a Christian for most of my life. I've tried to serve Jesus for most of my life. Um, haven't always succeeded, not done it well, but through his grace, I, I've still plotted along, and he still loves me. But all of that said, I, I've been at this for a while, and I still don't know if I fully understand. In fact, I'm pretty sure I don't fully understand the love of Christ. 
It's something that seems so simple, yet as you dig into it, it's maybe not complicated, but it's very difficult. I have a hard time loving as Christ loved us. Because I look at some of you and I think, oh my goodness. And you guys are probably looking at me and saying, oh my goodness. And you're probably listening to me and you're thinking, oh my goodness. And I get it. I do. He's from Gillette. I get it. It makes sense. But here's what I know. And it's encapsulated in this passage as well as something that used to be a well-known, well-taught hymn that was relegated to a children's song. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones. And I'm a pretty big guy, but I'm one of his little ones. And you're one of his little ones. To him belong. I may be weak, but he's strong enough for me. He is strong. Amen? Everything we ever needed to know about theology is caught up in that song. It's caught up in this passage of Scripture, this John 13 through uh, 17. If we'll just study it, if we'll just dig into it, we'll know what Christ's love was about. And maybe if we just start modeling a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, maybe it'll start coming through a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit more. And it'll build, and it'll build, and it'll build. And people will see Christ through you and his love through you and will reach the world. Maybe they'll start seeing us for who we should be as Christians and as disciples. That's what it's about. That's what this like Jesus is about. Let's love like Jesus. Amen? My good friend, Nicole Height, is going to come lead us in a time of communion here in just a moment. And we're going to commemorate this love that Christ had for us, where he laid down his life for us. But as she, as she comes, could we just sing the refrain of that song together? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Would you just sing? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Come on, Nicole. Sing it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus.
kind of remember the first time I've ever asked to serve communion. And I was a little bit nervous because I didn't quite know what to do. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if I spill the juice, break the bread too early? I, I don't know. But I had an older lady behind me that was a rancher's wife. We were, my husband and I were a pastor in Upton, Wyoming, which is near Gillette. So, hey, what can I say? We shopped in Gillette all the time. I know that Walmart well. And she asked me, she goes, Nicole, what, what can I play behind you? And I go, play whatever you want. It's okay. And all of a sudden, I, I'm starting, and I'm trying to be real serious about this. And all of a sudden, I hear, oh, I wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener. Because that is what I truly like to be. And I was like, what? Because if I was an Oscar Mayer wiener. And I was like, yeah, what's going on right now? And I'll never forget that first communion that I served because I was like, I cannot forget that. So every time I get up to serve communion, I think that. And that's nothing about what Jesus did on the cross for us. But I think it's just like several thousand years ago when Jesus gathered together his, his tribe, those 12 yahoos that didn't know what was going on that week of Passover, right? And they were getting together and they were going through the Seder meal. And then Jesus had this moment where he kind of did something odd. And he started talking about his body and his blood. And that wasn't what they'd usually heard before during the Passover. And I think they didn't understand it. I mean, they were fighting over who's going to sit next to him, who's going to be on the right, who's going to be on the left, what's going like, like, they didn't get what was going on in the moment. And I don't know that they even really remembered or recognized until those... Yahoos who were too scared to be close to the cross. A couple days later, we're standing in the distance and they were seeing their friend, their savior, with his arms stretched wide and a crown of thorns on his head as he was laid wide on that cross. And they went, oh, that's what he was talking about. Now I know it. Now I remember. Isn't that what he said? He said, he said, remember. And so we just come at this moment in the service and we just want to remember what God did for us. Remember that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. See, they were remembering the Passover at the time when the children of Israel came out of bondage and were getting free from the Egyptians. But today we remember the fact that we are coming out of bondage from death, hell, and the grave, that sin no longer has its hold on us today. That's what we've come to remember. We've come to remember that shame no, mo no longer holds our heart captive we come to remember the fact that we are to gather together as one family in one accord, just like those 12 did. The, the, the word 
in the New Testament that they use for gathering together this fellowship that we're having today here in the park is koinonia. It means partnership. It means communion. It means intimacy. And so today in this intimate moment together, as brothers and sisters and family of God, if you have your communion elements, would you take them out and ready them? Because today we're going to remember the goodness of God. We're going to remember a God who was willing to send his only son so that we could be free. We're going to remember a God that says there's always room for one more at the cross. We're going to remember a God who says there's room at his table today for you if you would accept him and surrender your life. We're going to remember that he paid the price so that we didn't have to and we can have eternal life in the presence of God. Scripture says that we're to do this until the day of his return. We're to do this until the day of his return because someday in heaven, we're going to be gathered together all the time, worshiping and praising and hanging out as a family, and it's going to be amazing. But today, we're going to do this in remembrance of what's to come as well. So if you have your communion element, you can take the bread out. And it said this, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Would you please hold the bread in your hand as we pray? Lord, we stand in awe of you today that you were willing to lay down your life for a broken world. Lord God, you were willing to be broken on our behalf. Lord God, you were willing that your body would be pierced for our healing. You were willing to give everything. And so today we return everything that we have unto you, Lord God. And we remember that you did this for us. And so Lord God, I just pray right now, as we take of this bread, we will remember how good you are, that you will heal the broken places in our life, the broken relationships, the broken hearts, the broken body, Lord God, that you are our healing from on high. And we thank you for that today. And we love you, Jesus. You can partake of the bread. And then he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take hold of the cup. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you were willing to shed your blood on Calvary so that we we could be free from the bondage of sin. God, I thank you for that precious blood that was shed. Though you were innocent, you are a ransom for us. You paid the price and you were willing to because we never could. So God, we thank you for the blood that's been shed. 
We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, God. We thank you for our salvation. Lord, it cost you everything. And in return, we give you everything, every part of our being back, every moment of our life, Lord God. We rejoice in the shed blood of Calvary today because we know because of it, we can spend eternity with you. And we love you, Lord, for it. You can partake of the cup. this time. Pastor Kevin. Oh, it's a good morning to be at church, isn't it? Whoo. I'm all excited. Are you glad to be here? Whoo. Me too. Hey, we know there's a lot of places you could have been this morning, but you chose to be here and we're grateful for that. I'm Kevin Batson. I'm the uh, pastor at Green River Alliance Church, and I almost forgot who I was coming up here because I was so focused on communion. So forgive me if I stutter or if I stumble. The Lord's got this this morning. I get the privilege of introducing a new friend of mine. Mac Lucero is the pastor at Rock Springs Christian Church. He's a bivocational pastor. He serves as pastor at his church, but he's also a mechanic at Solvay. And so he's taking the gospel out. And I am honored to meet you, brother. Let's pray for him as he brings the word. Father God, we thank you that your spirit is moving. We thank you that you're present in this park this morning. We thank you that... There's so many blessings, we can't even say them all. Father God, you have something for us this morning. You have something for us to hear and something for us to learn and open our hearts and minds to what you have. No matter what the storm is, no matter what the situation in our life is, you love us. And we can lean on you, your strength, your mercy. Father, be with us as we hear from Mac. Give him the words to speak. We thank you so much in your son's name. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. I, uh, before I start, I just want to say thanks to all the, the pastors here today. I'm, uh, I'm pretty new to the pastoral game, so it's really... It's really good to have a group that I can look up to, that I can see as mentors that, uh, that are praying for me right now, I hope, because I'm nervous. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> thanks. But, uh, but it's just an honor to be able to serve with them, to work with them. It started raining right when I got up here. I don't know if that's a good sign or bad. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we're going to take it that way. We're not going to look at it as judgment. Um, <laughs> just makes me more nervous when we, when we look at it that way. <laughs> Anyways, I really do want to thank all you guys, all you pastors, all you congregants, the entire churches for this community. This is just a great event, and it's just a great thing to be a part of. So this is, this is really awesome. But uh, it's also really intimidating coming up here now after, after everybody just came up here. I'm like, I've really got to deliver. And I don't think I'm going to. I don't know. 
I was trying to change my sermon over there. I'm just going to read what's written, okay? We're just going to go with what we got. We're going with it. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, we, we came with the themes like Jesus, right? And, and, and as we met as pastors, it was, this was the idea, was to, to come up with something like Jesus. And I said, well, what do you mean, like Jesus? And Steve and, and Michael were both like, whatever like Jesus means. Well, that could mean a whole lot of different things. So it was kind of difficult. I kind of stumbled. I worked and didn't really have anything coming to me. And I watched uh, a movie this week on Netflix. It was, it was the Big George Foreman movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie yet or not, but it's great. It's on Netflix, so it's, it's, you don't got to pay for it. But, but after I watched it, uh, I sat there and, and I was, man, I, I hope I'm able to look back on my life in a good way, in a way that's like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not making any movies about me, but, but I just hope that, that the, ultimately they'll look back at my life, whoever, whoever does look back, and, and they'll see something good, a reflection of Jesus, really. And, and my hope, honestly, is that at my funeral or wherever I'm remembered, the name of Jesus is mentioned more than the name Mac. Amen. Right? That's, that's like the ultimate goal. That's what I really want to be. That's, that's, that's the thing. And so... When I think, how can I be like Jesus, there's a million different things that I can fit into that that would make me that. And I forgot to put my, my timer on. Michael, sorry. No, I don't timer. Stopwatch. I'm going to do the stopwatch one. We're just going to go. We'll see where it ends. Sorry. Michael's a stickler for time if you guys didn't already figure that out. Anyways, so as I was looking at this, looking at the life of Jesus, there's so many things you can pick out, so many details, all these places. And, and I had to stop and just look at it as a whole. Like, just like looking at that movie, Big George Foreman, looking at the life as a whole. And what, what really encapsulates the life of Christ, what we really look at, or what, when I looked at it this week anyways, and what God really was showing to me was it's sacrifice. When you look at the life of Christ, it's all about sacrifice, Right? And I, and I don't just mean his ultimate sacrifice. I don't just mean him dying on the cross. That's, that's where it culminated. That was the end of it. But there was so much more sacrifice that built up to that moment. Right? He gave every aspect of his life to the will of the Father. None of it was his own. If you look at it, he didn't have any stuff. No house. No car. Donkey. We'll call it, he didn't have a donkey. He had to borrow one. Right? <laughs> He, he didn't have any things, material possessions. They weren't what he was about, right? He, didn't, he honestly didn't even have any ambition for himself. He, he, he didn't build his career off his carpentry work. It was all about God's ambition for him. What did the father have for the son? That was where he lived. And he didn't have any desire for a family, right? He wasn't out looking for a wife, trying to have kids, trying to spread his, his, uh, his family name, making sure the family name went on. That, that wasn't what he was about. He was just about the Father's will. Every part of his life was given over to the Father. And so when we look at that for us, how can we live like Jesus in that way? How can we sacrifice like Jesus? How can we do that? Right? that that's a big question, and it was difficult to, to come, come to the conclusion. And, and really the only obvious way... Is, is to sell all your stuff and to uh, leave your family, travel the world and anger the religious establishment until you get tried and, and murdered for, for doing it, right? It's obvious. It's 
really, it's really not, right? That, that sounds silly when I say that because it's obvious that that is not the answer. That is not the way that we have to do that, right? That's missing the point. That's taking a small part of the scriptures or a small section of the scriptures and turning it into something bigger than it is. We have a bigger understanding. We are very lucky to have the entirety of the Bible for us to learn from and to look at. And so we need to look a little bit broader to kind of figure this life of sacrifice out. And, uh, and I, I don't have a whole lot of time uh, to, to dig into all the depth of this, but the Apostle Paul really does it for me in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so if you have your, your Bible with you this morning, if you would turn there, um, I'm going to read it, if you don't, or if you have your phone. I normally don't like the phone Bibles. I like paper Bibles. They're, they're, they're just, yeah, we're friends, me and you, buddy, right? How many paper Bibles are out there? I did this last year, too. Hold them up. Hold them up. Be proud to have your Bible here. These things are awesome, right? They should be tattered and worn and written in and all kinds of stuff. Use this thing. It's, this is what God gave us. That phone Bible in there, it, it still works, but it's just not as good. I lost my pencil. I'll pick it up later. All right. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Just a couple short verses, but it really does say it all. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice, right? He didn't say present your stuff. He didn't say present your time. He didn't say present your money because those things are all encapsulated inside presenting yourselves, presenting your bodies, right? That's the one thing that he did say was to present your bodies, as a living and holy sacrifice. That word bodies doesn't mean your physical bodies. He's not saying just present your body. It's your whole, all of you, your whole self, your body, your will, your soul, your mind, every part that is you, everything that makes you up, that's what your body is. And when you present that to God, that is a living sacrifice to him. Oswald Chambers is quoted in, in the book, his utmost for, or my utmost for his highest, is saying, there is actually only one thing you can dedicate to God, and that is your right to yourself. If you will give God your right to yourself, he will make a holy experiment out of you, and his experiments always succeed. That's a great quote, and there's so much truth in that, right? So, so to live this life of sacrifice, it's not to live a life, look, I'm sorry, I misworded that. To live a life like Jesus is not to live a life of sacrifice, but instead to live a life as a sacrifice, right? Just one little, little bit of change in the wording makes a huge difference. Living of sacrifice or living as sacrifice. Big difference. So this, this life like Jesus is really just a life given over to God, a total submission, 100%, all of me is all of yours. That's how it is, right? And... This is something that we're, we're, this is not a one-time deal, okay? I, I wish it was. It'd be way easier. Does, it, has anybody else been doing this for a little while? And man, I thought I did that way back there. And I, it, it'd be so much easier if it was just a one-time deal, one-time sacrifice. I got it, and then down, and I don't have to do it anymore. But it's not like that. This is a daily thing. Every day you have to turn yourself over to God, right? 
This is what he, this is what Jesus meant in Luke chapter 9, 23. He says, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Every day is a living sacrifice to the father, right? And we don't present God a death. We present to him a living sacrifice because there's no reason for atonement anymore. Christ did that for us. We just celebrated communion to remember that, that that atonement was taken care of. And so the death is gone. And now it's a life, a life lived as a sacrifice to him, to the father. And it also says we're supposed to live a holy, a a living and holy life. That scares me because I don't, and I can't live a holy life. But there's a but. I just told you that the atonement was already taken care of. It already happened, and you are already holy. The Father, when he sees you, he sees the holiness of Christ. So when you offer your life to him as a living sacrifice, it's already been sanctified, and it is already holy because of the blood of Jesus. That is where it lives, okay? And so we do that. That's what we do. That's how we live. Every day we present that to him. Thank you for that boost confidence. (laughs) Uh, And here's the thing too. We don't present God a death. We don't present it on an altar either. The altar's gone. There's no longer an altar. You don't walk up with your life and set it on an altar and light it on fire. You get to walk into the throne room of heaven. You get to sit down, get on your knees in front of the Father and present yourself living and holy. That's what it means to be like Jesus. That's what it means to sacrifice yourself, to be a living sacrifice like Jesus. That's awesome, right? And so that's great, right? That's like, it sounds really good and it's super awesome. But what does that look like? What does that look like, Pastor, in my life? It sounds really good for you up there. What does it look like for me? Well, I'm going to give you some specific pointers and tell you exactly how to live. No, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that, right? Right? It's going to look different for everyone. I can't tell you what that's going to look like. No one can tell you exactly what that's going to look like except for God himself, the one who you submit yourself to. He's going to start telling you what that looks like, right? Like I said, I just can't. I don't like it when people tell me how to live my life. Right? Just ask my wife. It's one of my favorite sayings. Whenever she tells me, go do this or go do that, I'm, don't tell me how to live my life. That's not, no, we don't do that. Right? Nobody likes that. And so, so it really does. It looks different for everyone. And we just have to listen to the Father when it comes to that. I'm not, I don't want to give you any kind of specifics on that. But one thing I do want to tell you is to look at the past. Look at the scriptures. Look at those who have done that right? We have the 12 disciples to look at and to follow in those footsteps of Christ and of giving of everything. They're all very different people. They all did very different things. Where am I at on my time? My phone locked on me. Sorry. Oh, I'm good. I'm like way good. Okay. They all did everything different. They all were very different. God used them in different ways and they did, uh, it was just, there's no formula to it. You can't just specifically say, this is exactly how it's done and we should all do it that way. That's not how it works. But there is one thing that they all had in common is that they all gave themselves over to the Father. If you look in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul gives a great description of how to do this and how he did it 
kind of. Uh, he gives us a description of his new life in Christ as opposed to his life under the law. I'm not going to get electrocuted up here, am I, Steve? Okay. Just a little. <laughs> you guys will know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the spirit just moved. It was great. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we're going to have a living sacrifice. We're going to cook him up on the stage today. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that burnt smell. Yeah. <laughs> like way off. Now I don't even know what I was talking Galatians 2.20. Let's look at Galatians 2.20. This is Paul. Paul's given us a great example of how he, he has done this living sacrifice. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life with I, which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's awesome. That's, that's it. That is how, how we do it. That is how we live as a living sacrifice, just like Christ, just like Jesus right? As a sacrifice, not of sacrifice. We're not living a life of sacrifice. We're living as a sacrifice. Now, I want to bring this a little closer to home before I close it real quick. Um, because if you're like me and, and, you, and you hear a lot of this stuff and you read the scriptures and you look at these, these big names, the first thought you think is, I can't do that. I can't be like Jesus. I can't be like Paul. I can't be like Peter. I can't be like all these guys because they're just too, too, too much. And I'm not there. I'm, I'm down here and I'll never be there. And my first reaction is always to quit. Walk away from it because I can't. So why? I don't play a game I can't win. Right? I'm super competitive. Just, it's not a good thing. My wife tells me all the time. But, but I just want to walk away from it because I don't think I can do it. But that's, that's not true. That's not the reality. We can all do it. Right? God, God doesn't just work through these big apostolic figures. He doesn't just work through preachers, just, just through the people up here. That's not how he does it. He works through every single person. So if you're sitting down there, I can't give my life as a living sacrifice to God. I can't do that. You can. You really can. Every single one of you can. It's not a, it's not a question of those guys and me. This is all of us. This is the church, right? He, he works through moms. Moms, you have huge responsibilities for children and raising your children, and God uses you in those areas. Dads, dads, it's about time we stop being present in our home but absent from our families, right? Step up and get in there. I don't care where you are in life, what, what, you're young, you're old, anywhere, in your church, you have a place and a part in it, and God wants to use you in that because God uses the church, not the leaders of the church. That's how it works. And this, by the way, look around. This is the church. The church isn't just the people that you hang out with on Sunday mornings. The church is all of these people here and everybody else that couldn't be here. That's the church. The church is so much bigger than that. And each one of us has a part to play in it. When we sacrifice, when we live ourselves, live as a sacrifice, right? So when you look at it, Jesus lived a certain way so that he could teach his apostles how to live a certain way. So that his apostles could teach their disciples how to live a certain way. And it goes so on and so on and so on. So we are all in that, in that line that goes down the whole thing. And so the whole point of sacrificing our lives to God is so that God can use us to accomplish his will 
of saving others. I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care if you just met Jesus yesterday. If, Jesus, if you just met Jesus yesterday, you could tell somebody today what he did for you. And God can use that. If you give yourself up to Christ in any way, shape, or form, he will use that. And he's going to use it to love others and to help others and to draw others to him. That's the game. That's how it works. He loved us and we love everyone else, right? I learned that from a guy. I don't know where. So the more that we give to him, the more he can do with it. The more we live as a sacrifice, the more God can do things through us. That's huge. That's awesome. There's nine churches here this morning. Nine different churches, nine different congregations. It's a lot of us. I don't know. I'm not counting, but there's probably 400 people here, I would guess, represented. And I Googled it this morning, so I would give you the exact number of Sweetwater County residents. There are 40, or as of 2020, the 2020 census, there were 42,267 people living in Sweetwater County. We are 400-ish here represented here there's more the church is more than that but it's relatively small in comparison to the number total number of people around us right most of those people are broken around you most of those people don't know christ most of those people don't know what he did for you and they don't know anything about all that stuff and the only way they're gonna know is if we tell them right so what if 400 people completely submitted to God lived their life as a living sacrifice in Sweetwater County? What do you think could happen? What do you think God could do? That's huge, right? Look what he did with 12. What can he do with us, with all of us? That's giant, right? And so I'm, I'm going to ask a couple more questions before I close, and I'm not worried about my time anymore because Michael's smiling. So... But I really want to ask, I want it to get personal. So we, we've, we've broken it down from your, from your church to this group to, right? It needs to be personal, right? What could God do through me? Ask yourself that question. What could God do through me out there in the world, in my daily life, Monday through Saturday? What could God do if I completely submitted myself to the Father and his will? Ooh, anything. That's the answer, right? Anything. That's huge, right? And, and I don't know what that looks like for you. I really don't know. And I'm not going to try to tell you. But the first, if you're in that place where you're like, what could God do through me? The first thing I want you to do, the first thing you need to do is go to the Father and say, God, I am all yours. Do with me as you will. What is it? Just ask him, God, what do you want from me? And then the next thing to do, whatever he says, right? And if you need help, there are eight pastors here. That, that's their job, is to help you do exactly that, to help you follow the Father's will, right? So ask him, what could I do? What, where am I at? What can I do for you, God? And then do it. Whatever he says, just do it. And you know that you have a church that supports you, right? And I said I was going to ask you more than one question. And so my last question is very similar to the, the one before. I, before I just asked you, what could God do with me? And this week as you go out, I, don't want you, I wanted you to ask that right now. But this week while you're, while you're at work, while you're walking around, I want you to ask a different question. It's almost the same. But instead of asking what could God do through me, I want you to ask what 
can God do through me? Little word, little difference, but a whole different ball game. Because when you start saying, what, when you say, what could God do? That's looking outside. When you say, what can God do? That means I've just submitted. Now I'm just waiting for an answer. I'm just waiting to go, right? So ask yourself all week long this week, if you want to live as a living sacrifice like Jesus, what can God do through me? Amen? All right. I don't know if I'm supposed to pray. Am I supposed to pray this out? No, we got music. There's music coming up. Okay. Prayer, if, if you need prayer after the service, the, I think all the pastors are going to be located over here. Uh, so if you need any kind of prayer, come over. Um, we don't care if it's small or big. We just like to pray. So, Oh, you know what? By the way, I'm done. I'm, I am done. But I just want to say about your pastors this, this morning. I should have said this at the beginning. We stood over here before the service started and we prayed. And I listened to all the prayers. And I didn't hear any eyes, and I didn't hear any me's, and I didn't hear any my's. And nobody even mentioned their church. Everybody mentioned that God would be glorified, that, that people would hear the name of Jesus. You have an amazing group of pastors leading you in your churches. And you need to know that they care. They don't do it for themselves. They do it for God first, and they do it for all of you. So, thank you. Hey, we're going to sing. We invite you to stand. We invite you to sit. We invite you to sing. We invite you to listen. Let's worship God this morning.
Pastor Bobby. I am Pastor Bobby from Superior Baptist Church, the living ghost town. Um, I promise I'm not a ghost. <laughs> Sometimes I think folks wished I was so they could get rid of me, but that's <laughs> Yeah, we all have name tags, or those that have name tags, when we're finished, uh, seek someone out and you change that name tag to pray for that person. Not just for today or this week, but for the next year till we come back together. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come, dear God, thanking you for being our God. We thank you, dear God, that you allowed all of us to come to worship together, Lord. To forget about whatever name is on the building but just remember, we are brothers and sisters in Christ under you. And we thank you, dear God, that you have held the weather off so that we can continue this worship service, God. And I pray, God, that every word that we heard, that we would take it to heart and take it out into this community and share it with those that don't know you. To show who Jesus is in each of our lives. As it was mentioned, we're all different and you mean different things to us in different ways, God, and let people see that. Not us, dear God, but allow your Son to be shown through us, that we'd be building vessels to be there for your becking call, for your direction, and for your desire. And we do want to give you all honor and all glory, and these things we pray in the Amen. wonderful, blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
like that one. Yes, I love that one. This is, oh, we crown him? All right, first, this is how I thank the Lord, and then we'll do we crown him. Two.